What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Pit Mailbag here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. He is Chris Carter. I'm Noah Hiles. Chris, no game to react to None. after the bye week, but I think we got plenty to talk about after... Uh, just just a <laughs> little bit, Noah. Just a little bit. It was a busy week here on the Pit Beat, despite you know the bye week. Um, a lot of changes. Actually, not a ton of changes. I mean, you could point to Kenny Johnson getting an oar on the depth chart. You could... Uh, Point to Bam Brimma mm-hmm. being named a starting defensive end over Nate Temple. Or you could, re- you know, talk about the report we had where, uh, you know, there's a new starting quarterback in town. <laughs> and that's that's going to be the focus of this week's mailbag. Um, a lot of questions talking about the the quarterback change that was first reported by the Post-Gazette. Christian Veyu, as his father just informed us on social media, that's how you say his last name. Said, ignore the media guide. We're listening to the direct source. Doesn't get any more direct when it comes to the last name of a person uh, compared to when their father says it. So it's if it's Veyu, that's who it is. But Veyu is the starting quarterback over Phil Dracovic. That move made during the bye week. We got plenty to talk about. Uh, but before we do, we're going to get into a couple ads real quick here. First one, uh, this is the show's presenting sponsor, and it's brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar. Whether you're in town for Steelers, Pirates, or Pit Game, Mike's Beer Bar is right across the street from PNC Park and has the best selection of beer in town, as well as amazing food options. They have over 20, tweet, 20 TVs, and you can catch all of your NFL, college football, Pirates, Penguins, Riverhounds, and Premier League action right at Mike's. Come in and try one of their 500 different available beers, 300 of them being local beers, as well as 80 different local craft beers available on tap. You can also get a flight to try out every option you can dream of. And trust me, you won't run out of favorites because I never do, and I'm always there. Try their steak on a stone for an awesome meal where you can choose how hot you want your steak cooked with a heated stone right in front of you as you enjoy a night out in Pittsburgh. Come to Mike's Beer Bar and get Mike's Beer Bar and get your sports fix and experience the best sports bar in Pittsburgh. This show is also brought to you by the Great Yinzer Tailgate, which is bringing the best of the Berg to South Point on November 4th, showcasing Pittsburgh's rich culture, iconic sports history, and vibrant community spirit. The Great Yinzer Tailgate will immerse you in, you, in a in the unique blend of traditions that make Pittsburgh legendary, visit www.thegreatyinzertailgate.com for more details. We'll see Yins there. All right, ads out of the way. Carter, you ready to get into these questions? We have more questions that we're going to do in this week's mailbag than we've ever done in a pit mailbag. So yeah. Are you ready? you ready to get into it? Let's get into it. All right. We start off, Big Rye wants to know, is Veyu... A solidified number one this week, or is there a possibility him and Nate Yarnell could see, uh, could both see action in the game? Carter, start us off. Man, uh, I th- I don't think that you're going to see a quick abandonment of Veyu. I think that what's going to happen, unless he's utterly terrible, I think I think Pitt is going to try to establish something with their with a the starter. We saw Pat Narduzzi commit to Dracovic even when he struggled. I think Bayou, the other guy that they brought in as a transfer for a reason, you got as much as Pat Nardis is stuck with Jacoba, he's not going to abandon Bayou. And I think it would send a giant panic flag up for Pitt if Bayou comes out and he's pulled very quickly because he doesn't have success. I, I think Pitt is going to try to work it with him just like they tried to work it with Dracovic and then try to see what do they have by the end of this season. Because Dracovic's one thing. Dracovic's, you know, he's he's now in your past. They, they, has the chance to be your future. And that's what you're trying to see right now. Um, and that might not come right away. And let's also remind people, Pitt's going to play like, what, three ranked teams in the next four games? 
Yeah. That, that's that's not the easiest sledding you can bring in your new quarterback that you're hoping can become the starter for the next couple seasons. So I, I think that the you don't see Yarnell as much unless Bayou gets hurt. I also wouldn't put them again put them against the chance uh that that Phil would go back in if that were to happen and just to see see what he could what he could have right there. Uh but yeah, Bayou's the solidified number one now. Yeah, uh just to build upon what you said. I mean, Pat talked about this uh Monday. He said you know, we gave we gave a lot of faith to Phil. We got to extend that same faith to Christian. And it's not even about next year, although I do think some ounce of this move was made toward next year. Um, but yeah, they're they're going to give Christian some time to show what he can do, and that that means more than one game. However, um, I, I think that if he does get benched, it's going to be Yarnell because if you go by the logic here, Carter, you go down the line. You give Christian, let's just say they give Christian all of October. You head into November, there's only how many games left. Are you really going to go back to a sixth-year senior at that point? Yeah. Maybe. I think that they would probably give Yarnell a shot. And, you know, despite Phil being number two on the depth chart uh, this week, I mean, Pat said, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in practice this week. And that, to me, on top of us reporting that he got demoted to number three on the depth chart, um, I think that that's Pat's way of just kind of easing it into the fact that Yarnell is the backup on this team moving forward. Although, like Carter said, I do think there might be a scenario where if it's mid-game, maybe they do just trot Dracovic back out there simply because he's more familiar um, with playing in this offense this season with these guys. But I think if, if there's going to be another guy to start, it'll probably be Yarnell because I think he's the true number two right now. We'll move on now to our next question. This one's a quick one. Um, it comes from obviously not Tomlin. I'm sure a lot of people watching this follow him on Twitter, an entertaining account to say the least. Um, he asks, what is the deepest into the season? Pitt has gone with an FBS without an FBS win. I'm old enough to remember when it was called D1 and D1AA with the only win versus Wofford. And today being October 9th, which is when he submitted this question, um, is this the longest stretch in history? So I did a little research. So uh, you go back to 2017, Pitt did not win against a Power 5 opponent until October 21st, which is the case this year. But that's not answering his question. I'm just going back in time. You go all the way back to 2005, and uh, that was the last time uh, or Pitt – Pitt's last, yeah, Pitt's last time it reached October without a win uh, over an FCS team t- dated back to 2005. It started one and four, and it had to beat Cincinnati uh, on on October 8th. So that was his first year. They that was Wanstat's first year, I should say. Sorry, my head's all in a jumbo here. So yeah, they beat Youngstown State, I believe, and then they started. Uh, they lost other four games. So, but we're deeper than that. It's already October 9th. So, the deepest it's gone, if you're not going by week by week, but like by the calendar, would be October 27th. In 2001, Pitt uh, beat East Tennessee State in its opening week. Um, it lost its next five games. It earned its first win over an FBS team at Temple on October 27th. And they should hope that things end up like they did in 2021 because Pitt <laughs> won out and ended up having a decent season. So um, that's that's got to be the goal if you're Pitt under Walt Harris there in 2001. So that was the latest it took in recent history 
uh, for Pitt to earn its first FBS win. Um, and then, then in 1998, it did not have a win over a Power 5 opponent. Uh, I, I think it had a win over Akron, which is an FBS opponent, but not a Power 5 opponent. So there's – Carter, anything to add onto that, or you want to just keep I mean, moving here? I, I mean, just the main thing is that, you know, they, they, they've they struggled. But, again, we've seen Pitt teams turn things around before. The This, this is a pivotal buy, point in the bye week. I think Louisville – proved that they were a really tough team with the way that they beat Notre Dame this past week. This is no easy task, but um, we've seen teams turn it before, turn it, turn it around before. And it will be interesting to see if Pat Narduzzi can add to another chapter of Pitt uh, turning around a season that looked completely lost. All right. We'll move on now to a question from Tad. Tad wants to know by my, he says by my account, Pitt had 13 players from the 2021 championship team and possibly a few more in the future. Make NFL rosters in the past two seasons, active or practice squad. Obviously, Narduzzi and his staff did a tremendous job building the program to that point. Tad says he doesn't see 13 NFL guys on this team, unfortunately. Do you attribute, he asks us, do we attribute the fall of this season to missing out on recruiting targets to replace those players? Chris, you want to start off with this one? I mean, I I think that there's there's always natural just ebbs and flows of recruiting and development of success. Pitt had a, a great run of just guys that kept coming up and filling different positions. You think of how the safety position tra- tra- uh, you know, transgressed over the years. They had a, you know, I remember 2020, they thought that they might have the best safety pair in the ACC with uh, Paris Ford and DeMar Hamlin. And then Paris Ford doesn't finish the season. DeMar Hamlin's last year. And they're thinking, well, safety's going to be rough. And then you, you got Brandon Hill and Eric Hallett were just a great one-two punch. And I think that Pitt fans have to remember there, there's with, – with, with turnover and changes come – you know, growth and and and, fa- and failures at times, but you got to learn from those growths and failures. I think that that's something that Pitt's experiencing right now. I don't think it's all that out of the ordinary. Uh, sure, there's definitely recruiting misses that they had. Pat Narduzzi even took credit. He said he's like, hey, you know, you know, I, you know, when, when you're asking about evaluating quarterback talents, talking about specifically them and getting guys that fit their system, he said, I'm, I, it starts with me. I'm that guy. I'm the one. I'm the one that's making those decisions. Um, so like, sure, there are misses there that we've, that we've seen, um, but misses happen across the board. It's just, you know, when you see, I I know people are going to point to bigger sec programs and big 10 programs that have less misses, or when they do have misses, they have other answers. And I think that's the bottom line is Pitt still isn't in that realm where they can afford to have as many misses as some of these other programs, because they just have other guys waiting in the wings like that. And sure, there are other guys waiting in the wings, but they're, more they're more like Terrence Moore or BJ Williams or guy or Ryan Bear, guys that you're expecting to grow into these positions, not guys that are gonna come in and just take over on day one. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not so sure that there aren't 10 NFL guys on this current roster. Yeah, I just don't I agree know if those guys are playing right now. Or maybe they will be playing more as the season goes on. I, I think that a, a big reason why a lot of those guys in the championship team's roster were able to have a shot at the next level is because they got playing time pretty early. Guys like Carter Warren and Gabe Hoy and, and Kenny Pickett and Servassier Dennis and Brandon Hill and, and Eric Hallett and all those guys. I mean, they saw the field for one reason or another earlier than a lot of the guys who are currently playing for Pitt. Very I mean, true. Dalen Hayes doesn't look like an NFL player because he's really just getting his first chance to get consistent playing time mm-hmm. because he's had the same defensive lineman ahead of him on the depth chart for three, four seasons now. 
Same thing can be said for a lot of the guys on the offensive line. I mean, they, they had the same seven guys essentially play on that offensive line for at least three seasons. So when you finally have to have a Jason Collier play or a Terrence Moore, or, you know, you rely on a younger guy like Ryan Bear or BJ Williams, they're going to look a little different because they haven't played as much. That, that right. experience helped Pitt win a championship and, we're just starting a new cycle of that now. Now, granted, you could say, you know, that 2021 class that had all this hype with Nakai Johnson and, and, and uh, day was day on day on was 2020. Who else was in yeah. 2020? Oh, Elliot Donald, excuse me. Elliot Donald, um, yeah. You know, it, it might be time for those guys to step up. And right now, yeah, they haven't done much, but this is still all of those big recruits that followed the recruiting classes that brought that title home. They're now just seeing the field. And those guys needed time to become solid players. And I think that, especially on the defensive side of the ball, the more playing time you give to players like a Kyle Lewis, like a Javon McIntyre, like a Donovan McMillan, like a Sean Fitzsimmons, like a Bam Br- or maybe not a Bam Brimma, uh, like a Sam Okanlola, like those guys are going to get better. They just need repetition. So. Yeah, I, I would say that we're just in the start of a new cycle more than anything else. And it, it's it's tough to just – it's tough to always reload. It's easy to say that, and Pitt certainly does develop talent well, but its talent development has been, thanks in some part, to being able to get guys on the field. And guys who haven't been on the field a lot recently, it's showing. So we'll move on now. Michael wants to know which game remaining on the schedule is Pitt – Best suited to pull off an upset, if any. Um, Carter, you want to do this first, or should I? Man, I know Duke's got an injury at quarterback, and that's gonna be like, will it? You know, a chance. It's it, it, you know, it's it's a chance. Uh, you know yeah. that, that that it would be there, but I, I gotta say Notre Dame. Um, you know, their loss to Louisville was, was a huge disappointment for them, but this is also Notre Dame all the time, right? Like every year when Notre Dame is good to start a season, they get, they get all the hype up. And then at some point they come crumbling down some point later than others. Uh, but they know that quarterback that they're facing there, Sam Hartman, they beat up, they beat up on him in the ACC championship game a couple years ago, uh, when they faced him, when he was the quarterback over at, uh, Wake Forest. So, you know, Notre Dame, I think they're struggling. They're going up against USC, which is going to be – that's Caleb Williams. So they, they could be reeling after that. You know, and it's still a few weeks from there. But if Pitt can find its its, its mojo again, if they can if they can run the ball, if they can play aggressive defense again, if they can get back to at least playing the type of ball that Pitt plays when they're in, when they're having a good game, I, I could see them sneaking Notre Dame. I don't, I don't think that they're going to sneak – Florida State, though, I think that that team is going to that's 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 going to be a, a rough one for Pitt. But Notre Dame on the road in in South Bend, I could see I could see Pitt being a little amped up for that and maybe stealing one there. And Pitt's been known to steal one, um, you know, in uh, even in some of their down years. Yeah, um, I think Notre Dame's like the the easy answer here because, like what you said, Chris, uh, regardless of how bad Pitt plays, it seemingly always does well in South Bend. It's always a close game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go something different though, uh, because I, I think if if they lose to USC, that's that's gonna I, I don't see them losing three in a row, especially when they come home to Pitt. Uh, so I'll go different. I'll say Louisville. Just looking at Louisville's schedule, Louisville's coming off of its biggest win as a program in 
since Lamar Jackson was probably there, right? I mean, just beating Notre Dame. That's a good point. Moving up to a top 15 team in the country. And then you look after Pitt, they have a bye week and then they have Duke. You don't think they're looking ahead at thinking, okay, we beat the worst team in the ACC. We move down to like number 12. We have the bye week where we can't get hurt. Louisville's thinking all they got to do is beat Pitt and they're a top 10 team heading into their matchup against another ranked opponent, Duke. They're probably overlooking Pitt. I, I think that, that so that element of it, plus, you know, maybe, how do we say his name now? Is Veyu? Veyu. Yeah, Veyu. Veyu uh, comes in and, and gives the offense a spark. So I'll go with Louisville uh, as the game that potentially could be the upset for Pitt this year. We'll move on now. Drewski wants to know, what's a sign of success? Drewski? Yeah, no, I don't think it's that one. <laughs> what you What you mean by that? What you mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Juski wants uh, Juski wants to know what marks a sign of success the rest of the season. Does it have to g- just be wins and losses? I don't think it has to be wins and losses at all. I think if Christian Viu comes out and plays well, that is a major win for Pitt because it gives some sort of stability at the position that Pitt has struggled to get production from the most since its championship. So I I would say that would be a win. And I I just think any type of youth development, if Ryan Bayer looks better, if Kyle Lewis looks better, if Sean Fitzsimmons looks better, Kenny Johnson can get involved and and looks better. um, I think those are all encouraging signs moving forward uh, because you know, let's be real. I, I don't know how many W's are left on this schedule. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line for me right now is even let let's say Pitt has a 2001 type of turnaround. Let's let's say Pitt comes out here and wins like six of these games, which would be insanely stupid and, and ridiculous. But let, let's say that happens. OK, cool. That's great. But if, in doing so, what would be the biggest factor that, uh, of that? It probably because the quarterback situation improved, the offensive line improved, the defense found some 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 heavy hitters again. When it comes to on on its defensive front, they're 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 getting back to being that identity. I think that is the most important thing here is doing those things, and then the results will come will come with them eventually, whether they come this year or next year. But for Pat Narduzzi. Your biggest thing is is like, look, this year already isn't what you thought it was going to be. And it, was, it already isn't what either of us thought it would be. I, I, we both thought that Pitt would be in a much better spot going into this part of their schedule when we knew this was when it was going to start to get more difficult. Bottom line is you have to find that identity again. And I, I wrote about this last week in my film study and, and in the post game after, after their most recent loss to, to Virginia Tech. Your identity has always been controlling the ground game on, on, on offense and basing and basing your passing game off of that your defense has always been able to stop the run blitz get pressure make big plays cause turnovers and trust your your secondary to live on islands and not kill you in, in the end if they can get back to that or find something else that shows that hey this can be our bread and butter for this young group of guys that are going to be stepping up and becoming starters now that will be what you want moving forward. If you don't find that by the end of the season, even if you do win some of those games, let's say you luck into some crazy wins throughout the rest of the season, it will you'll be in this just in the same position next year and struggle just as just as badly. They got to find those those identities. Could you imagine if they do win out? I mean, they would finish ranked, right? Yeah, they would. You, and and I would, deservedly I, so if they turned it around. Yeah. I would argue that if the, if Pitt wins out, 
finishes eight and four in the regular season and wins a bowl game this year, it's a better season than last year. I agree. Yes. <laughs> but we'll we'll see if that's that not, happens. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll All see. right. So my favorite question of this week comes from JD. Do you think Phil actually, or do you think Phil will actually catch a pass as a tight end in a game? So things got a little testy Monday when the whole tight end report was brought up uh, to Pat Narduzzi. He said that Phil is still a quarterback, which he might be. Uh, but he, he says that, you know, he won't play tight end at all this year. I reported last week that he was running routes at practice, which is Carter, correct me if I'm wrong, not quarterback activity. Apparently not. No, uh, no. Uh, I mean, I would, I would believe that, you know, quarterbacks don't typically run routes at practice. Unless your name during, is slash. Yes. Who? Yeah. Right. So anyway, um, to which Pat didn't recall if that happened or not conveniently. Uh, so with that being said, I'll say this. I don't know. I don't expect Phil Dracovic to line up in a three point stance and help <laughs> out with the, the, the zone run blocking, you know, like they're, they're not going to run off tackle and have him like chip a nine technique. Um, that would be dumb, but I would, if, if the line is over under half a catch this year on Phil Dracovic, I'm taking the over. I think that this guy will be utilized on offense at a position other than quarterback at some point in the next seven games. I would particularly assume it happens against Notre Dame or Boston College. I'm right with you. This is this is told and and listen, this will be Pat Narduzzi sticking it to 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 everyone he can and saying that he believed in Phil. And if you you didn't believe in Phil, that's uh you know, you know, that, that's on, that's on you. Um, I just, I, I, I think it's going to be really, really interesting to see how they do it because I think there's one thing, the, the obvious thing that everyone's thinking is that you're going to, you're going to find a way to get in the ball and then he's going to throw it and then it's going to be a touchdown. And then it's going to be like, Oh, see uh, you know, this, that, this, that, and a third, but also I, I want to go back to the press conference. Cause one of the first things that he said when he acknowledged, Hey, there's been a change, da, 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 da. It was the way that he, that he said that he said that he talked about Phil and uh and and his faith in in, in Phil and uh I thought it was really our confidence in Phil. He says, "quote Obviously, last week we made a change at the quarterback spot. I got a ton of confidence in Phil Dracovic. I still do, even if you won't and don't. I still do. But it felt like we needed to spark a quarterback. That is Pat Narduzzi <laughs> telling the world." I heard all of you and we're making this change, but I still don't like you for it. And, and it's like, I think Pat Narduzzi, it's, it, it's, it's like when Colonel Jessup was being egged on to, to say, you say, it's just like, did you order the code red? Yeah. Pat Narduzzi wants to order the code red and throw and let Phil Dracovic make a big play in this offense. He wants to prove to everyone that Phil's still that guy. And also I think that's part of the good part of Pat Narduzzi because he doesn't want to do it for himself. He wants Phil Dracovic to show the world. Hey, you you've been talked about bad all season long. I want you to go and prove out that you're that you're better than what people said about you. And that, that's who Pat Narduzzi's always been as a coach, whether it was Chris Blewett, whoever else has made mistakes, and you see him put faith in the player, and then they've rewarded him in the long run, or sometimes they haven't. But I think Pat Narduzzi is absolutely going to make sure there is a play drawn up in either of those games or even later in the season. Who knows? It'll come at some point. Phil's going to get a target or he's going to get a handoff or something that's going to allow him to get either get a chance to throw the ball or run in space. It's gonna happen. It it reminds me of um 
the office, the episode where Michael Scott says he was a victim of a hate crime <laughs> and they say, that's not a hate crime. He goes, well, I hate it. Like that's kind of like, it's kind of like what we're going through right now where it's like, well, Pat, that's not true. And he's like, so, you know, like <laughs> I, I, there just comes, there, there's like a, it, it, it feels like we were rooting. He, it feels like he thinks we're rooting, like we being the media, we're rooting for this guy to be benched. And that wasn't the case at all. It's just, when we see a bad quarterback play, we mm-hmm. ask, are you going to fix this? And sometimes right. that means playing someone else. So, yeah, none of us were rooting for a change. Fans no, were, no. Yeah. certainly. Yeah. And part yeah. of our job is to ask questions that fans, the people who read our stuff, mm-hmm. want to be asked. That's right. part of the job. So by asking those questions, by reporting, and in our case, breaking the information – I'm sorry that it's upsetting to some people, but I mean, come on. I mean, that this we're neutral parties here, right? We're not rooting for, and uh, but we've also seen Pat Narduzzi conflate, you know, what actual people in the media say versus narratives that have been spun on 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 media and and you know also social media. Go back to Pitt's win over West Virginia last year when he's on the he's he's on the post game with Scott Van Pelt and he's saying, "I heard you guys saying that there were seventy five percent." West Virginia fans here and Scott was like I don't know what you're talking about coach and it's just like 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 those type of things but I think it's just it comes from like Pat Narduzzi is the is the protective dad or the protective uncle that he may not have all the context all he knows is that someone somewhere slandered his people and he ain't gonna stand for it and I think that that's where that's coming from still like you said it ain't us that's rooting against that is that's rooting against Phil. In fact, you and I talked like there were times like we'll sit in there like what if Phil came out and just balled in this game? Like we we wanted to see that happen in North Carolina. It would have flipped this city on its head. It would have turned the booze into cheers, and it would have ca- created chaos as far as what to believe or think that the Pitt football program is. We and plus we want to cover winning teams. We don't right. we don't want to cover sadness. That's like you know how much fun we had last year as they went on their run to to the, to the Sun Bowl. Do you know how much fun covering March Madness was for the basketball team for us as, as reporters? We want good stories. We want to report positivity. So that, that's not a thing that, you know, for Pat, I think Pat, again, he's protective against all negative narratives, but that's just, that's not who we are. Well, and I think that's just typical of any head coach. When when it gets to a certain point, it becomes you versus the world. And that includes the media. That includes your own fans at times. Um, and he just is, He's invested in his guys, and I and I don't begrudge Pat for being like that. I I will laugh at it at times because I think it's a bit <laughs> off base. But I mean, he's gonna be like that, and that's fine. We're paid to handle it, and we do. It's we're gonna ask him questions. He's gonna react the way he reacts. We're gonna talk about it on the podcast and write stories about it at postdashgazette.com. All right, so we'll move forward now. Final question of the day: Jake asks if Pitt somehow. I love the the parentheses somehow. If it somehow upsets Louisville, is there a path to six wins? I think if it can beat Louisville, it can beat any other team it plays this year aside from Florida State. I'll say that. that. Um, Now, will will Pitt, even if Pitt does beat Louisville, is it capable of churning out four more performances of that criteria, of that standard? I don't know. It hasn't been able to churn out one really good performance this year so far. Um, but I guess, I guess we'll see, like if they or if they, uh, comes out and 
throws for 400 yards Saturday, then yeah, I feel like the whole season's expectations change because we're seeing a completely different football team. But um, and, yeah, I'll, I'll stick and, with my original assessment though. I, I And I point this out. If they upset Louisville, they would then there that then they they would be on track to face you know we talked about three of their next four teams being ranked you know those teams being Louisville Notre Dame and Florida State you beat Louisville then you can afford to lose Notre Dame and Florida State and if you win the others that's Wake Forest Syracuse Boston College and Duke and Duke I think they're ranked now and they're and they're they're hanging in there but I think with their injury situations that could change by the time that Pitt plays them we'll see how they how, how they endure things but there's a path there. You win Louisville, you win the other four games that aren't Florida State and Notre Dame, and you can win it. And if you sneak one, one an extra one of those, I still think this is a pit team with a ton of talent on it that has a future to to rise back up and, and be and be a problem in the ACC in the coming years. This obviously isn't that year, but this can be the year that they find it. You know, in late 2020, they weren't the best team in the ACC but they found the legs they needed so that they could jump into 2021 and get going. That's what this is about. And I, is there a path? Yes. But it is one of those paths. That's like a tightrope that you better not take one wrong misstep or you will fall into the abyss of nothingness. I think we can end on that. Carter, any final thoughts? Uh, just that I'm excited to cover football. Just wish that the ACC would give us some noon games and be nice to get out and like have like five, 6 PM, you know, and we'll be able to walk around and watch some night games and enjoy uh, life at that point. But, you know, hey, ACC, keep doing of them night games, man. Woo! Hey, we're, 3.30, we're I'm it. not here to complain about 3.30. You know what? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm beggars can't be choosers. I'm starving to weekend. see sunlight at some point. And uh, 3.30 for the Wake Forest game, we'll take that. We'll take that against Notre Dame, too. We'll gladly take – we'll take whatever you can get. As long as it's – you know, if, if the sun is out when the game is kicked off, I'm happy at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got to say, I appreciate everyone uh, tuning in throughout the season so far. I know, you know, they're, it's hard to watch a team that you, that you like when it's playing poorly. And, uh, but our, you know, people are still reading our stuff. People are still watching our stuff. And, and that means a lot to, to both of the guys on this screen. We, we, we appreciate all of our, our, our viewers and readers. And we hope that you continue to do so regardless of how, things go in the month of October and November. So we'll wrap up on that note. I'm Noah Hiles. He's Chris Carter signing off saying hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And uh, we'll see you next time here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.